The word says we're called to make disciples. We're growing in the word of God. Jesus Christ was sent to be our saviour. This is the Bromley Town Church Podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message, blessing you as you live out God's word. Stream or download other sermon podcasts via the Bromley Town Church website or by using the SoundCloud app. Head over to bromleytownchurch.com. We do thank you, Lord, for Jesus above all, for salvation, for eternal life. Wonderful Jesus, thank you that you do not leave us as orphans, but you also gave us your Holy Spirit. And we honor you, Holy Spirit. We welcome you. We reverence you. We ask you, Lord, to take control, to take charge. Sweet Spirit of God, touch those that are hurting. Heal those that need healing. Those that need a revelation of Jesus. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you reveal Jesus. Lord, thank you. For us being here today. Thank you for this wonderful church, Bromley Town Church. Thank you for the leadership. Thank you, Father, for the good work that's being done here. We give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Uh, just a quick um, thing about we have a book table. All our material is cost price. We decided we don't want to profit from making books and CDs. But our supply is from the Lord, but we want to make this available to you. Uh, breaking uh, my latest book, uh, designed by my daughter Esther, Breaking Through in Prayer. It really is uh, fantastic, I must say. Uh, one of my favorite books, How to Flow with the Holy Spirit. Okay, it's also, they only, they only have five or each. So, uh, how, an Easy Guide to Healing. Uh, it's also available. And one of my favorites is, by Randy Clark. God is using Randy Clark in healing. If you have never met Randy Clark, I encourage you to go on YouTube and look at his material. God is really, really using him. And uh, he's part of the Bill Johnson team and the book called There Is More, all at cost price. And my wife has done some really amazing CDs. Again, cost price. Um, people with psychiatric problems have been delivered by listening to this worship because of the anointing uh, it wasn't as good as the band here today. I mean, <laughs> it was just fantastic, uh, I must say. And I'm sure my wife is under pressure now to try and keep up with that level of worship. But uh, no pressure, Sean. Praise God. We all have our place. And uh, one thing about this, my, my, I have a very, I come from a very wealthy family. And uh, one of my brothers was a multi, multi-millionaire, never been to see me. I've been preaching, trying to get him saved for 25 years, but unsuccessful. But he came by last week, and we gave him this CDs, and he's been touched. He's, uh, he's, he was one of the trustees at the great temple in London, the Nisden, in Nisden, the marble temple. It's one of the, the biggest. Um, if you've never been there, it's, it's actually it's like the Taj Mahal. But uh, he's, he was in charge of that. So, But God's touching him through... Worship and uh, also, we we have a regular healing service on a Sunday night, so that people from different churches can come uh, in Thamesmead. 
We are trusting God for revival. We are pushing, pressing in for revival. Uh, uh, so we have, with this Baptist church, um, God healed one of their neighbors who was a cripple, and through that, the God, God opened the door. And so we, we meet there once a month, the last Sunday of every month in Thamesmead. It's, it's drivable from here, I guess. But we came from Milton Keynes, so I'm sure you can make it. But if you know somebody who's got cancer, God has used me in the area of cancer. With this, the last few months, we had a prostate cancer healed, confirmed by doctors, and also leukemia healed, confirmed by doctors. And so um, I'll tell you in a minute why God has used me in the area of cancer, but, you know, in healing. Um, but I'm not the healer, so if you put your eyes on me, you will get nothing. But if you look to Jesus in me, then you'll receive your healing today. All right? So, but if you look to me, I ain't got nothing, I'm telling you right now. Just a nice jacket, that's all. <laughs> so, but uh, my story, I'm, I have been um, serving Jesus now for 37 years full time. I went straight into the ministry the day, day one I got saved. I gave up my job and left everything, sold my house, gave my money away, because it's all filthy money. And I've been following Jesus for 37 years. And I can tell you, for 37 years, I have not regretted one second of knowing Jesus. Last night at the hotel, there were some kids making noise. And I prayed and tried everything, you know, 3 o'clock in the morning, keeping me awake. And finally, I said, God, where are your angels? And bang, the kids were gone. Hallelujah. We, we are, yeah. We have a mighty, we have a mighty God. So we have to be bold uh, in 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 our relationship with the Lord. I said, God, where are your angels? And He sent His angels. His angels are here today. Praise the Lord. But my story, it's uh, it's, it's a long story. But I I have been told to keep it short. I can usually take a few hours. Our services last, healing services go two three hours. But we we'll have to keep it short today. Amen. But we'll be here. Um, after to continue praying for you, okay? So we'll be here all afternoon if necessary, but um, um, we want to see you healed. We want to see you being touched by the Lord. So if you don't know Jesus today, I hope that my story will encourage you to know Jesus. It's so easy to know God. The easiest thing in the world is to know God because God wants to know you. He is reaching out so much to touch you. You don't know how easy. All you got to do is raise your hand and say yes to Jesus. That's all it takes. It's all it takes to come to Jesus. Just raising your hand and say, yes, Lord, I'm ready. I want to know you. And he would be right there, I tell you. And I tell you the truth. It's the easiest thing in the world to know Jesus. But I didn't know. I was raised in a Hindu family. My mother, devout Hindu. And I was raised to uh, worship gods. We had all kinds of gods, which used to frighten me. We have a god called the monkey god, which is half monkey and half human. We have the elephant god, which is half elephant and half human. And we have the god of Kali, seven heads and seven arms and blood on the tongue. So I was kind of frightened of our gods. And we have many gods in Hinduism, you know, a few million. You, could, you can pick your own god. So, and, uh, and my mother used to worship the cow, even to this day. The cow, even in India, if you kill the cow, they'll kill you because he's considered holy. And so I happened to look at the cow one day, and I thought, you know, a cow doesn't know he's a cow. I mean, how can I worship this cow? But I was going to school and getting educated, so my mind was opening up. 
And I told my mom that uh, the Americans had landed on the moon. She says, impossible, because she used to worship the moon. Anyway, that was my background. But I thankfully got away from my family in East Africa, came to England, praise God, the land of the Beatles, and uh, let my hair grow long and uh, came to college and then university. And of course, I got into bad company because at home, you know, I was controlled, but Asian families are very, my, my daughter will tell you, are very controlled, amen. Any, any, any boys that want to date to have to pass through me first. And, uh, and uh, so um, I kind of got into bad company and, uh, and I was at a party one time and they were passing the cigarette and I knew I shouldn't have taken the cigarette, but you know, you have to, because of peer pressure, I took one drag of the cigarette, which was laced with uh, Congolese black, and uh, I had what's called an out-of-body experience. I came out of my body, and uh, I was at the ceiling looking down at myself. And if people tell you there's no life after death, let me tell you, I've already seen it. Your soul, it leaves your body. I knew who I was. I could see. I had all my intellect. I had all my brain, except I was in two places at the same time. And I can tell you one thing, it frightened the life out of me. How I came back into my body, I don't know. Uh, but that was the beginning of my journey. And I'd, I'd failed my exam. I was, a top, I was a top student from my country, but because I got sidetracked here, I failed my exam and I had a, a year or two out of university. So I had time to think. Sometimes bad things are good because it gives you time to think. When things are all going well, you know, uh, if I had passed my exams, I got married, I would have carried on life, and maybe I wouldn't have been here. But because I failed my exam, I had so much time to think, I went to the library and said, wait, no, what am I doing here? I was confused, I was miserable, um, I was, you know, my, my family cut off my, my money, I had to get a job, part-time job. And so I was lonely because, you know, I was in, living in Manchester, uh, and uh, it was very difficult. So I began to search. And when, when things are bad, you, you begin to, in like roots, you go deeper. So I began to look into my life. And I thought maybe I need some spiritual answers. So obviously Hinduism wasn't for me because I couldn't worship the cow. I, I just couldn't, you know. And, uh, and, and I knew that the moon was just the moon, you know. And uh, so... so um, I thought maybe I should try yoga. So I went to the yoga class. And uh, the yoga master was 80 years of age, but he could put the back of his foot behind his neck. He was all contorted. When I looked at him, I said, I can't do this. I, I, was, I was straight out. <laughs> then uh, I met some Buddhist monks. And they were so nice. You know, kindness and love is what attracts people. So I was attracted by the kindness of the monks. They wore the orange robes. And I thought, yeah, maybe I should become a Buddhist. So I became a Buddhist, and, uh, and I should try and meditate. They said, you've got to empty your mind, focusing on this piece of can candlelight. And the more I tried to empty my mind, the more my mind got filled, and I used to get headaches, and it was so difficult. Until one day I said, I said to my friends, I said, what did, did Buddha write any books? No, Buddha never wrote any books. And if you're a Buddhist, I can tell you one thing. Only Buddha found nirvana. No other Buddhist has since made it. You get that? No other Buddhist has made nirvana except Buddha himself. So all the Buddhists are following, and nobody's made it. It's a shame, really, because 
And uh, so, um, so I said, what did Buddha say? Well, Buddha said, find your own way. I said, hang on, but I'm looking for the way. <laughs> you know, so I thought, I give up Buddhism. And, uh, you know, I read books. I read Mahatma Gandhi and, you know, Freud and Jung. And in a university, that we had a big central library, you know, searched really, to be quite honest, as a, you know, with an educated person. You know, I'm not stupid. I'm pretty bright, you know, handsome as well. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I really diligently searched everywhere to find answers to life. What, what is humanity? Where do I come from? Where am I going? What's all this all about? And to be quite honest, you know, there were, nobody had answers. In fact, the more I read books like Freud, and the more confused I got. So finally, I gave up. I said, there's no answer to life. Let me eat and drink and just live in the fast lane. And, you know, that's it. Came to London, bought a house, you know, bribed the building society manager because, you know, being Indian, you know, uh, we will soon take over this country, you can believe. <laughs> Either the Nigerians or the Indians, I don't know which one, we will take over, Alan. <laughs> and, <laughs> but uh, I don't know who are more crooked, Indians or Nigerians, but anyhow, I was one big, I was one big crook and uh, bribed the building society manager and got a mortgage, you know, and... Uh, and uh, got some tenants. And I was told, don't, in those days of pre-Maggie Thatcher, don't have tenants because we have the, red, the tenants, the, the rent act. And once you got a tenant in, you can't get them out. These days, six months and you're out. But those days, you're stuck. So I said to myself, well, get a couple of nice nurses, you know, and they'll be fine because, you know, my idea of Florence Nightingale, you know, somebody who does bad pants is not going to give you trouble, are they? So, <laughs> and... Uh, you know, it's funny because I looked for God and I failed, not knowing that God was looking for me. And God heard the cry of my heart. Okay? When I gave up, see, when you give up is when Jesus comes. So today, if you're striving, just give up. Just give up. Just give up. Whatever it is, just give up. Say, Lord, take control. Not give up, but give up on God. Give up and lay yourself on the Lord. And uh, these two girls uh, loved me. I did not have... See, my problem was I was deep rejection, a lot of loneliness. Living in London is a lonely place. There are a lot of lonely people. Loneliness, rejection, hurts, no love. My dad never hugged me. My mom never hugged me. You know, my wife is making up for it, praise the Lord. But, uh, you know, and uh, so when they shared the love, see, they never said they were Christians. They never said nothing. They were just my tenants. They paid the rent on time. That's a miracle. They didn't complain. I mean, any, ask any landlord if a tenants complain. You, 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 tenants always complain. It's normal. And uh, they didn't complain. They kept the house clean. They cooked clean, looked after me, loved me. And, I, you, know, I, you know, when people live with you, you, you know, I look nice now. But you come and live with me. You find out how nice I really am. And, uh, and so you get to know people when, they, when you live with them. And I noticed day after day that they were the same. And I noticed that they had peace and joy. They were, well, they were happy. And I was a miserable you know, I had one of those photographs from this, you know, 
those booths we used to have, you know, passport photographs. And, I, you know, I couldn't imagine I looked like that because I was so miserable. And um, when I looked at them, I thought, they had something. So, and then I noticed that Sundays they were never there at home. So finally, I, out of, after a few, few, number of months, I said, I said, I said, how come you guys are so happy? I said, look at the, you know, gray skies. What's that to be happy about? Why are you, how come you're so happy? You know? And, uh, and I said, by the way, where do you disappear on Sundays? You're never around on Sundays. Where do you go? You know, you know I just, Indians are very curious, you know. We, whenever you meet a new person, you say, how are you? What's your wife's name? How much do you earn? Where, where do you shop? I mean, that's... My wife doesn't understand that, but that's just our culture. Ask any Nigerian African, we want to know which village you, you know, you know, <laughs> you know, where was your grandmother buried? That we want to know everything. In the first meeting, you know. <laughs> but in England, you know, we hide behind the newspapers, but they, they, we're different. Praise God. But we're taking over. Praise the Lord. So we'll have you converted soon. And uh, so out of curiosity, they said, well, you know, they said, uh, Jesus makes us happy. And, uh, you know, so now I remember, I had never heard of Jesus. I thought some, I said, I thought it's some sort of guru, you know, because that's how you think as an Indian, as a guru, you, you know. And so um, I said, where do you go on Sunday? He says, well, we go to church. I said, well, are you, I said, I didn't know you were religious. I said, we're not religious. You mean you go to church and you're not religious? No. That was really confusing. So I said, this Jesus makes you happy? Because that's what I wanted. I wasn't looking for salvation. I wasn't looking for forgiveness of sin. I was looking to be happy. Bottom line was, I want to be happy. Anyone be happy here tonight? Yeah. God makes you happy, I'll tell you. And um, so I'm the happiest guy around. I can tell you I'm happy, happy, happy. Man, I'm happy. Jesus is coming. I'm going home to be with him, live with him forever. Boy, I'm happy. He's coming soon. So... I said, can I meet this Jesus? Thinking he was, he comes to our church. <laughs> These are smart Christians, you know. Be wise as a serpent, gentle as dove, the Bible says. So I went to church. Now, remember, I have never been to church in my life. So if you're here and you've never been to church and you found this all very, where are the stained glass windows and where is the big cross and, you know, you know that's religion. There's a big difference. Anyhow. So you keep coming, as Johnny was saying, keep coming, and you'll really find out how good God is. And um, so, so I went to church, and I noticed everybody looked kind of happy. You know, I thought, this is strange. And we, it was a Sunday night service, and they were preaching on the book of Revelation. What a service to go to, <laughs> the book of Revelation. I never understood the word it says. <laughs> the only thing I remember was 666. Watch out for 666. But towards the end, the man who was like me standing behind the pulpit said, there's somebody here who doesn't know Jesus. If you put your hand up, I'll introduce you to him. So I said to my friend, I said, why didn't you tell him that I was coming? <laughs> so he, I didn't tell him. I said, yeah, but he's saying there's somebody here. That, that's me. I, I, you told. So anyhow, I wanted something on my arm, my hand, wanted to put my hand up. I felt, what I didn't know it was the Spirit of God encouraging me to put my hand up. But I was a bit scared. But I wish I had done it the first time, but I did it the next time. And, uh, and I kept 
I kept going to the church for one reason only, was because people loved me. And I was desperate for love. I was broken inside, rejected. So I kept going. And they said, why don't you, why don't you accept Jesus? I said, but I'm a Hindu. I mean, you know, Hindus, we believe in karma, which is, you know, the, maybe the next life, you know. But the guy says, well, you can be born again. You know, reborn. I said, ah, that's what I'm looking for, to be reborn. So I accepted Jesus. I prayed a prayer of faith. I didn't understand anything about salvation, about sin, about, oh, didn't, I just wanted this Jesus. That's all I wanted. And uh, so I accepted. I said, Jesus, I'm a Hindu, but if you will accept me, I come to you. I give you my life. And I can tell you the truth. 37 years ago, Wow. I thank God for those two women. I can never find the words to say thank you for this amazing gift of salvation to know Jesus, to know the Lord. It's the best thing in the whole world. The best thing in the whole world. Nothing can beat knowing the Lord. Knowing how much he loves, cares for us. So, when I said yes to Jesus, a weight rolled off me. I felt so wonderful. Didn't have any understanding. See, Jesus doesn't care too much. Just wants you to open your heart and say yes to him. And uh, then they said to me, be water baptized. No, I understood water baptism because as a Hindu, if you wash yourself in the, the dirtiest river in the world called the Ganges, it is scientifically true, you can wash all your sins away. Because the yogis, they live by the, by the river Ganges because before they die, this will never last dip before they pass on to eternity. And uh, I, I was baptized in my own bathtub. Made sure even the toes got in. And... Uh, I tell you, after I was baptized, I felt as clean, as clean as could be. I felt so clean. I didn't want anybody to touch me for weeks. I said, don't touch me, don't touch me. I felt so clean, so wonderful. And then after a few weeks, I said, something was missing. And they said, well, you need the Holy Spirit. I said, what is the Holy Spirit? He said, so they jumped on me, laid hands and prayed for me, and I received the gift of tongues. And anyway, I'm, I'm really running fast here. But what I, what I didn't know was that hell was waiting around the corner for me. Because they said, now, you know, tell your friends, tell your family. I said, do I have to tell everybody? So yeah, well, it's part, part of, you know, it, it, it's part of what we do, you know, what God has done for you, share the gospel. So when I told my family, they went absolute ballistics. And I was really heavily persecuted for a long time until... One day, I, I, I had to leave my family, my, you know, in, in our culture, it's, it's, it's complicated, but, you know, it's all family-related festivals. I don't go to any Hindu weddings because it's all connected, you know, religion and everything. So I left my folks, and, uh, and, but one day, I went to see my parents. My mother met me at the door, and she was so angry with me. She says, come upstairs. So I went upstairs. My dad was bedfast, lying in the bed. He had a slip disc. 
And my mother said, this is all your fault. And I had been away from that. I said, what did I, I haven't done anything. She says, you have brought a curse on our family. You've fallen this Jesus. Look what's happened to your dad. Three weeks bed fast. Now I was, I was just, a few, I was maybe a year saved. So she said to me, you tell this Jesus to fix him. And she left the room. So there's my bed, my dad in his pajamas, lying on the bed, you know, with a lot of pain. And there's me. Baby Christian, one year saved. What would you do? Huh? I didn't know what to do. Then I heard a voice in my ear. This voice said, pray for him. Pray for him. I don't know how to pray for him. I'm hearing this voice. It said, pray for him. I said, I didn't know that God spoke. Now, in our church, we never had any healing. I'd never seen a miracle. We had nothing, really. It was, we just sang songs and, and, and heard preaching, but we never saw, I'd never seen a miracle, never seen a healing. Didn't know what to do. Except once only that the pastor had tried to pray for somebody by praying in tongues and nothing had happened and he'd given up, you know. So that was my only knowledge of, of praying for the sick. So, so I thought, this voice kept strong voice, I pray for him. So I said to my dad, I said, can I pray for you? You know, when people are praying, they don't care. Do anything. You know, they'll hang from the chandelier, just get rid of the pain. So I laid my hand on my own dad. And I just prayed in tongues because I didn't know what to do. And uh, when I prayed in tongues, the same voice, a male voice, very, very strong voice said, tell him he's healed. Huh? I, tell him he's healed. I didn't have any faith. You know, I didn't even believe anything would happen. I had never seen a healing. I'd never done this. I'd, I'm, I'm new. This is the first time. Tell him he's healed. So my you know, my, I said to my dad, I said, Dad, I think, I think you're healed. So he, he sits up in bed, my dad, and he's doing this, you know. He's trying to lo locate the pain. And there's no pain. My dad flew out of bed. Literally. I mean, he just sprang out of bed. I mean, he's, he had a slip disc three weeks in bed. Tablets all around, you know. Springs out, literally flies out. His clothes on the chair, he starts putting his clothes on. This is an instant miracle. You see, I didn't believe, but my dad believed. I didn't believe me. I didn't believe what I was, I didn't know what I was doing. That's how easy healing is. Healing is very simple. Finding Jesus is very simple. It's ABC. You know, I leave, I leave the XYZ to other people, but I do the ABC with the gospel. And my dad said, I said, Dad, 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 you know, because. I thought, you, you know, injure yourself. He's putting his clothes on. He says, I said, he said, let's go. I said, go where? He said, your nephew is sick. Come on, let's go. And we rushed. <laughs> so, you know, and he prayed for my nephew and he was healed. Anyhow, long story short, my dad came to Christ. And uh, he's in heaven now. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. After that, I became a celebrity among the Asians. I was praying for everybody, you know. And then now they would make 16 curries and invite me because they wanted prayer, you see. You know, really the way to the, for the gospel is through the power of God. You know, preaching is good, but preaching without power is not enough. If you want to reach people, use the power of God. 
Because you have power, you don't, just, you don't realize what you have the power of God. I didn't know that baby Christian, baby, I was one year saved, didn't know nothing. So next thing is um, my sister-in-law had cancer. And uh, now they said, 16-hour operation, they're going to remove her jaw. And uh, cancer in the bone. They said, you know, by the time I was married, and they said, would you pray before she goes for the operation? I said, Again, we had no faith. We didn't even believe. We'd never done this. We'd never prayed for anybody with cancer. So we just laid hands and prayed in tongues. My own sister-in-law. And just for one minute, not even a minute. I don't know. It's been a long time. And she said, she says, I'm healed. So we said, really? Because, because this is cancer. This is no, no joke. I said, how do you know you're healed? She says, all the pain is gone. So I said, well, you know, she had a doctor's appointment, a hospital appointment. I said, well, you better make sure, you know. So they did cut her, cut her bone. They found no cancer, and, and she became a Christian. Amen. One by one, all my family came to Christ through the miracle power of Jesus Christ. The last one was my, well, I got a couple of brothers, but my mom was the toughest. My mom was a devout Hindu. Would not. She said to me, I want to come. You come with me, uh, I'll come with you, you pray for my friend. She has in terrible pain for two years. So we, we, I took my mom, prayed for her, the woman was healed. The woman took some garland of flowers to put it around my neck, because that's what they do. I said, no, 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 I didn't do anything. I said, Jesus healed you. And she said, yeah, but you are like Jesus, she said to me. My mother was there, but still she would not believe. Until eight years ago, when she was dying, she phoned me. When my mom was dying, she phoned me. She said, son, I'm dying. I've got a few days to live, but I'm very scared. I'm very scared of dying. Now, here's a devout Hindu. 50 years, she served Hare Krishna, praying three hours a day. But when it came to her moment to go, she was scared. And you know why? Because her sin, her sins were troubling her. Nothing can wash away your sins except the blood of Jesus Christ. Without the remission of sin, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. I wanted my pound of flesh. I wanted to say to my mom, because she fought me all the way. I said, Mom, why don't you call on Hare Krishna? And Hare Krishna is dead. Only Jesus is alive. So... But I felt sorry for my mom. I said, Mom, if you will bow down to Jesus. I said, he will take away the fear of death. And I said, not only that, I said, he will heal you. My mom bowed down to her knee to Jesus. She was instantly healed. She lived another eight years, became a Christian. She's now in heaven. Praise the Lord. So. God is a good God. And today, if you're here, it's so easy to know this Jesus. So easy. All you have to do is raise your hand and say yes. That's all it takes. And we pray a little prayer, and you begin your journey. Basically, what it is, you open your heart. That's what it, The key of your heart is inside of you. Only you can open the heart to Jesus. Nobody else can force you. We cannot force you. 
People who force you are wrong. Only you voluntarily say, yes, I want to know this. And then you keep coming, as Johnny will say, you keep coming to the church and you learn more about Jesus. That's what we hear. We learn about Jesus. Amen. So let's bow our heads right now. Close your eyes and thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord, confirm your word with signs following, we pray. Wonderful Jesus. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Every saint is praying right now. Perhaps you're here. I believe you are here. You are at the right place at the right time. You are here not by accident. You're here by divine appointment. God has brought you here today. You're here at the right time, right place. And uh, perhaps a friend brought you. Somebody brought you here and you want to know this Jesus. If you, if you don't know this Jesus and you would like to know him like I did, I want to pray with you this little prayer that I prayed and you will know this wonderful Jesus, this amazing Jesus. All you got to do is raise your hand and put it down. The moment you raise your hand and put it down, Jesus will see your hand. That's all it takes. You raise your hand up high and you put it down. Once you do that, Raise your hand up high right now. That's it. There's one at the back there. Thank you, sister. I see your hand. Raise your hand up high and put it down. Then put it down. Raise your hand up high and put it down. So easy. So easy. Because Jesus died on the cross. Shed his blood for you. Just raise your hand. No, if you're you just do it once, that's all. Thank you. I see those hands. Anybody else? Just raise your hand up high and put it down. Just raise it. It's so easy. And basically you're opening the door of your heart. You say, Yes, Jesus. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Anybody else, just raise your hand up high and put it down. That's all it takes. Pray a little prayer and your journey will begin knowing this wonderful, amazing Jesus. So easy. There's no condemnation. There's no nothing that he wants from you. He wants to love you like he's loved me. He's healed my broken heart. All the regrets, all the rejection, all the loneliness is taken away now. I'm filled with the love of Jesus. Just raise your hand in the air and put it down. Nobody's looking at you. No one's looking. Every head is bowed, every eye closed. Just raise your hand and put it down. You say, is, is that all it takes? All it takes. You're giving God permission to say, okay, Lord, I want to know you. I want to know you. Young man, just raise your hand in the air and put it down. Young lady, put your hand in the air and put it down. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You say, but I, I'm not sure. I understand. I understand. Every saint is praying. The eye closed. God knows. God knows where you are. He wants to forgive you for all your sins. He wants to give you a new start, a new beginning, to be reborn, start afresh. But this time, with Him by your side, with His love filling your heart. 37 years, I have served Jesus. Most wonderful, precious God that He is. Is there anybody else for the last time? Just raise your hand and put it down. Last call. Last call. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you are saved and you know Jesus, can I see your hand? You are. You know, you love Jesus. You are saved. Can you put your hand up in the air? Wow, look at that. Wow, look at that. Amazing. That. You see, all these people have followed Jesus. Wonderful. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Now, let's, let's all pray. We're going to all pray this prayer, okay? Even if you didn't raise your hand, listen to me. Even if you didn't raise your hand, but you wanted to, but, you know, you felt very shy. It's okay. It's okay. You can still pray this prayer, all right? Okay? And you can still open your heart to Jesus, all right? And just maybe, maybe you can tell me, say, Ash, I didn't raise my hand, but I prayed this prayer for the first time. Okay? And, and that'd be great. Okay, so we'll all pray this prayer together so that nobody feels like, you know, you're on your own. All right? Shall we do that? Okay. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. I believe you are the Son of God. You died on the cross for me. And he rose again. Lord Jesus, I open my heart. I surrender my life to you. I ask you, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of all my sins. Fill me with your love and joy. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You are my Lord and Savior. From this moment on, Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Give the Lord a big hand clap. Praise God. Praise God. Praise the Lord. So if you didn't raise your hand up and you prayed that prayer, you are now belonging to Jesus. Amen. Raising your hand is good because it just helps us to know you are here and helps us to Meet, meet up with you, you know. But God knows your number. Amen? All right? God knows you. So if you didn't raise your hand and you prayed the prayer, come and see me afterwards and say, Ash, or come and see Johnny or one of the, Pastor Jonathan here, and say, look, you know, I, I prayed that prayer for the first time, and I've got Jesus now. You've got Jesus now. Amen? Tell your neighbor you got Jesus now. you got Jesus now. Hallelujah. Amen. That's it, my brother. Praise God. Amen. Is there anybody that needs healing here this morning? Only three people, four people, five, six. 
Right. I'm going to ask you to come forward. All right. If we can just shift those uh, chairs a bit. And uh, maybe the band can come and we can just sing a song.